0: Somebody ought to go ahead and do that right now. Somebody ought to just go ahead and put a praise on your miracle this morning. Somebody ought to go ahead and just put a praise on your healing this morning. Somebody ought to go ahead and just put a praise on your breakthrough this morning. Somebody ought to take a moment and just put a praise on your open door this morning. Come on, put your hands together and give God a great praise. Hallelujah. Woo! High five, about eight people on the way to your seat. Tell them, put a praise on it. Woo! Hallelujah. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Come on, are you grateful to be in the house of the Lord today? Woo! You can be seated for just a few moments. Amen. I want to take just a moment to say what a privilege and an honor it is this morning to have all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord with us today. Rock Church, would you help me make a great applause in this house and welcome all of our guests One more time. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's let them know what a privilege it is to have them in the house of the Lord today. Amen. It is our distinct privilege and honor to have you in the house of the Lord worshiping with us today. We pray that you feel at home. We pray that you feel welcomed. Amen. We have a little saying around here that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the doors. After that, we just tell you, welcome home. Amen? Amen. Would you turn around and just tell two or three people around you, welcome home. Welcome home. Come on, help me, church. They're behind you. They're in front of you. They're on the right. They're on the left. Find several people. Tell them, welcome home. Amen. If you're here for the very first time this morning, you should have received a VIP invitation card. And that card is an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service. We have a special place reserved in, 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 the, uh, in our uh, offices with some light refreshments, and we have a gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation for you being in the house of the Lord with us today. So immediately following the service, just find the red carpet out in the lobby. Somebody will be there to escort you into the VIP room. Amen. Amen. The Lord's been doing some wonderful things around here. Thursday night, Brian was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with... uh, Then on Friday afternoon about 12 o'clock, Brother Trevor and Sister Morgan joined together in holy matrimony. Amen. And uh, they'll be making their way home soon. And I want us to continue to pray for uh, all of those that are are traveling. Uh, Many folks have already begun uh, some travel to different parts of the country, uh, visiting family and such. And I pray that the Lord's hand would be upon them and keep them safely as they travel. Amen. Amen. It is so wonderful to have my mother with us this Sunday. So grateful she's in the house of the Lord today. And uh, love her very, very much. Thankful to have her in the house of the Lord with us. Did anybody come expecting God to do something great in your life today? Did you come with anticipation? Let's stand to our feet all across this house as we hasten to the word of the Lord this morning. I want to invite you to the book of Mark chapter number five with me, the book of Mark, chapter number five. And uh, while you're turning there, uh, I want to remind you that Tuesday night will be our Christmas celebration service, and it's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, of course, our schedule of service today will be our normal schedule we will have service again this evening at 6:30 and looking forward to the, what the Lord's going to do in that service amen mark chapter 5 i want to begin reading at verse number 1 <clears throat> when you have it somebody say amen and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him and always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, (coughs) What is thy name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were Nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and have the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. One more verse of Scripture in the book of Matthew chapter number 8. Verse... Number 29, this is the same account under the pen of Matthew. Verse 29 says, And behold, the demons cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither? to torment us before the time. We have a window of time and an opportunity in which to wreak havoc on this man. And you have interrupted us before the end of our time. And for a few moments this morning, I simply want to preach... When God says it's over. When God says it's over. Ooh, one more time, would you put your Bibles down and give God a great praise in this sanctuary today? I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Ooh. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. You may be seated in this house. There are a couple of things that I want to address concerning this text today by way of giving you context for this scripture. The first thing that I want to point out to you this morning is that this encounter between Jesus and the demoniac from Gadara was not happenstance. This was not a situation where his meeting with this man was a secondary result of a primary ministry objective. If you read the chapter prior to Mark chapter 5, you will find Jesus is ministering in the city limits of Galilee when right in the middle of what he is doing, he tells his disciples, let us leave and go to the other side. When you get to the end of chapter 5, you find that after the man from Gadara is delivered, that Jesus gets back into the ship and goes back to Galilee. It lets us know that Jesus went to Galilee specifically to find this man, a man whom the Bible said had been crying day and night in the tombs all by himself on the other side of the Sea of And when he thought that nobody could hear his cry, and he thought that nobody was listening to him, there was a God that was hearing his cry, that was tuned in to the voice of a man in the pain and the bondage of sin. I feel like telling somebody this morning that you're not here by accident today, that you did not walk into this sanctuary uh, just as the result uh, of somebody inviting you here, Uh, but you being here today uh, is the result uh, of the hand of a loving God uh, that has been tuned in uh, to the voice of your spirit, uh, that has been tuned in uh, to the voice uh, of your cry this morning. This week I traveled to the state of California. I had the privilege of being a part of Brother Trevor and Sister Morgan's wedding. And on Thursday afternoon before the wedding rehearsal, I got into a vehicle with Pastor Bertram and he, out of the clear blue sky, said, why don't we take a ride? And I said, that sounds good to me. We jumped in his truck and we drove up into the hills of the mountainside. And we said to ourselves, let's go and and let's look for some wildlife. And we had just a little bit of time before the rehearsal. And so we drove up into uh, the mountainside and we went a few places, and it, we didn't have a lot of time, so it was time to turn around and come back home. And by this time, the sun had almost set, and so it was already getting almost completely dark. And the weather was, was fairly cold uh, there this week, and up in the hills of the mountains, it was even more cold. And as we begin to make our way out of the wilderness uh, through the, the trail of the mountains, we drove by in discussion with each other, and out of the corner of our eye, we we caught an image off the side of the road of somebody that looked like they might be waving at us. That's not an uncommon sign. We didn't know if they were really waving to us or what was happening, but as we continued to drive past them, something said, I think they're trying to get your Attention. We turned the vehicle around. We made a U turn. And we drove back to the place uh, where we saw the vehicle. And when we got back there, uh, there was nobody standing there. And we pulled off the road and up to where uh, the vehicle was. And when we pulled up to where the vehicle was, the hood was lifted. uh, And a young lady came out of the vehicle. uh, And she uh, was bundled up in a coat. uh, And she had a pair of jumper cables in her hand. She had been stranded there and her vehicle would not start and so quickly we Uh, I made my way over to the hood of the car that had already been lifted and I had the cables in my hand. And as I was trying to determine which was the positive and negative post of the cable, uh, I I remembered something and uh, I checked the tension of the cables. uh, And immediately I ascertained that one of the cables was just a little bit loose and, and so I, I turned on the cable a little bit with some extra tension. And I told the young lady, I said, I'm not sure that you need a jump start. Your cable was loose. Go ahead and try to start the vehicle uh, and immediately when she turned the key uh, the ignition started uh, and the car began to run uh, and when I when I when I got out from under the hood and closed the hood she was shaking her head uh, she said I just had those cables uh, replaced and tightened uh, on the vehicle I'm not sure what this uh, is all about and, uh, and it was cold and she was sh- I was shivering and uh, and it was cold, and, and, and I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that, that you weren't stuck up here. And, and as I began to exchange just a couple of words, uh, something on the inside of me uh, looked at her eyes, uh, and I could tell uh, that there was something going on. Uh, and, and as I looked at her, uh, and, and I was about to say, uh, have a great day, uh, I said, ma'am, uh, your, vehicle, your vehicle is running, uh, but is everything Okay. And when I said that, uh, she dropped her head, and her shoulders uh, began to bounce, uh, and she began to cry, uh, and she said, no, it's not. She said, can I, and, and the pastor is standing next to me, she said, can I, can somebody just give me a hug? And I said, we'll do more than give you a hug. Why don't we pray for you? And so she came to where we were uh, and I put my hand on her uh, and I began to pray. uh, And as I began to pray, the Holy Ghost uh, came upon me uh, and I didn't even, I've never seen this woman. uh, I'm in another state. uh, We're out in the middle of nowhere. uh, And as I began to pray, uh, I said, Lord, uh, would you begin to touch this young lady? Uh, And all of a sudden, uh, she began to sob. uh, And I said to her, uh, as God began to speak, through me, uh, I said, I don't know uh, what's going on with you right now, uh, but I feel like God is telling me uh, that he heard your cry uh, and that he sent two preachers uh, here right now uh, because whatever is going on, uh, God heard uh, and he sent me to tell you uh, that everything uh, is going to be okay, uh, that everything, and when I begin to speak, uh, she folded over uh, and almost fell on the ground, uh, controlling, uh, uh, sobbing uncontrollably. Uh, I began to pray uh, the peace of God over her uh, and the love of God over her. And after a few moments uh, of praying with her, uh, she gained her composure uh, and she said, you don't understand. Uh, She said, I drove out here uh, and I have been screaming out to God uh, all day long. And while she was in her vehicle, uh, all by herself, uh, thinking that nobody heard her, uh, God sent somebody uh, all the way up a mountain uh, to find her. Uh, at that very moment, uh, God allowed her vehicle uh, to stop working, uh, so that there would be a divine moment uh, that God could get her attention and speak to her. And I feel in this house uh, the. Same touch of God this morning. You're not here by accident, but God brought you here today to speak to you. He that hath an ear, let him hear. The second thing I want to bring to your attention this morning is the fact that we often underestimate the power of demonic oppression as being weak in comparison to demonic possession. But oftentimes, demonic oppression can be so powerful. Demons cannot just possess somebody. A demon does not have the ability uh, to just at its own will uh, take control uh, or inhabit somebody. Uh, There has to be a process uh, of relenting uh, oneself uh, to those demonic spirits. Uh, But in the same token, uh, when a demon oppresses somebody, uh, the influence of demonic oppression oppression can be just uh, as powerful uh, as demons try uh, to weaken their influence uh, over the lives of people. And oftentimes, uh, what we see manifested in people uh, is not so much demonic uh, possession as it is demonic uh, oppression. Uh, Demons that are trying to influence. uh, Demons that are trying to press. uh, Demons that are trying uh, to make a move. Now the Bible tells us that this man was possessed. He was possessed by demons who, when Jesus made inquisition, said, Our name is Legion. This demonic possession was so notable in the community. That everybody around him knew who he was and was familiar with his story. Everybody in the community knew about this man who had been dealing with demonic possession and they knew that he was there in the hillside in the graves and the tombs crying day and night. As a matter of fact, later in the story, the Bible said that all of the people ran and they came to see him clothed and in his right mind. This problem that was going on with him created a situation that isolated him from everybody. His problem became so great that it began to affect his ability to even function like he was supposed to function in society. And before you know it, he could not make himself work within the parameters of a normalized society And so he was left uh, to the tombs. Uh, He could not maintain uh, relationships any longer. Uh, He could not maintain um, friendships uh, or family connections any longer uh, because of the results uh, of what these demons uh, had brought to uh, his life. They saw him clothed and in his right mind. You know what that tells me this morning? That the enemy isn't after your stuff. The enemy is after your mind, he's after your thoughts. He wants to influence uh, your thinking uh, because the devil knows uh, that if I can get the head, uh, then I can get the whole body. uh, That if I can get their thoughts, I can get their future. uh, That if I can get in their mind, uh, then I can control uh, their destiny. Uh, I came to preach to somebody uh, this morning uh, that the devil's not after your stuff, uh, he's after your thinking. Uh, If I can get a hold uh, of their mind, uh, then I'll get their family. Uh, If I can get a hold uh, of their mind, uh, then I'll wreck their career. Uh, If I can get get a hold of their mind that I can destroy their friendships. I came to preach to somebody in this place that the devil is after your mind. It's a fight for your mind. It's a fight for your thoughts. It's a fight for what's going on inside of your thinking. He wants to fill your mind uh, full of fear. Uh, He wants to fill your mind uh, full of depression. Uh, He wants to fill your mind uh, full of anxiety. Uh, He wants to fill your mind uh, full of depression, uh, full of bitterness. Uh, I came to preach to somebody uh, that Satan uh, is (laughs) My God, who uh, am I preaching to uh, in this building? Uh, The fight uh, has been in your mind. Uh, Who am I preaching to uh, that hasn't been able to go to sleep at night? Uh, Who am I preaching to uh, that's been fighting thoughts uh, that you don't even know how to control? Uh, Thoughts that you don't even know uh, what to do with. I came to rip the cover uh, off of the enemy this morning uh, and tell you uh, that there is a fight uh, from hell uh, over your mind, uh, over your thinking, uh, over your thoughts. Uh, my God, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, that's why sometimes uh, you've got to get an anointing on you uh, and lay your hand uh, on your head uh, and plead the blood. Uh, of Jesus uh, over my mind. Uh, I will not be afraid. Uh, I will not lose my mind. Uh, I will not give in uh, to these thoughts. Uh, I will not entertain. Uh, Who am I preaching to? Uh, It's a battle uh, for your mind. You've got to learn that the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down vain imagination, and bring into captivity every thought Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been in a battle of the mind. Oh, the battle isn't about your job. The battle isn't about your family. The battle isn't about what you think it is. The battle is about your thoughts. Because the devil knows if I can bind them here, I can bind them everywhere. If I can bind them in their thinking, then I can bind them in their spirit. If I can bind them in their thinking, then I can snare them where they step. I'm preaching to somebody right now that the devil is after your mind. If I can get their mind, I'll put them in a tomb. If I can get their mind, I'll have them bound with chains. If I can get their mind, I'll cause them to self destruct. Who am I preaching to? Satan's not after what you have. He's after what you think. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. my God, I feel like I came uh, to face a devil head-on that has isolated somebody. Uh, I feel like I came to preach uh, against... I'm not preaching to people this morning. uh, I'm preaching to demons this morning uh, that have tried to isolate you, uh, that have tried to, my God, uh, they've tried to separate you uh, from people that love you. Uh, They've tried to separate you uh, from environments uh, that are healing for you. Uh, Your thoughts and have tried to separate you from the very source of God's healing and the very source of God's blessing. And you've been living your life for months in loneliness, in isolation, fighting things that are really not the problem. The devil is after your mind. Some of the voices you've been listening to that are disguised as your friends are nothing more than demonic imitators trying to bring oppression to you. Some of the voices that you've been entertaining and you think they are sources you can trust are nothing more than imposters. They are demonic tricksters that have been assigned to your demise to influence your thinking and your Your thoughts, Koshatalabaya. I'm preaching to somebody. This man's mental affliction brought physical bondage his thoughts manifested in an outward bondage and his world began to close down around him as the barrage of the devil the bible says that he comes in like a flood A flood is simply when water surpasses something's ability to contain it. There comes a point in time when you feel like you're in control of the thoughts. But then when the flood comes the thoughts begin to overrun the parameters of your ability to bring them back into truth and into deductive reasoning. And instead of you being in control of your thoughts, your thoughts are now in control of you. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody really good right now. Oh, yeah. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. The enemy stays camped outside of your mind bombarding you with voices uh, of influence uh, until you go everywhere uh, and your mind uh, is preoccupied uh, with your trouble uh, you're in church right now uh, but your mind keeps wanting to be somewhere else uh, god wants to give you his word uh, but even right now while the preachers preaching uh, you're uh, uh, that's why people grab their phone uh, and can they're, they're on facebook uh, while the preachers preaching uh, And they're on Instagram. uh, And they're sending a text message uh, to their BFF. uh, Well, what's going on? Uh, Your mind has been surrendered. Uh, Your thoughts uh, have taken over Uh, your mind. uh, And while God is trying, uh, you're here, uh, but you're not here. Uh, Oh, I feel like preaching to a devil. Uh, You're here, uh, but you're not really here. Uh, Your body's here, uh, but your mind uh, is in bondage your body's here but your mind your mind goes into bondage before you do your mind backslides before you ever leave a pew people who walk out on God and walk out of the church their mind has left a long time before their physical body is gone when a man divorces and leaves his wife that wasn't the moment he divorced her his mind divorced her a long time before that I'm preaching to people right now uh, that your mind is leading you uh, to destruction. Uh, and even though you're on the attendance roster this morning, uh, your mind is leading you uh, outside uh, of the blessing of God. The devil was after his mind. When they came back, they didn't comment about the demonic voices. They didn't comment about the voice that cried legion. The people that came back didn't even cry out concerning the swine. They took note that he was in his right mind that means that everybody could tell they're not in he's not in his right mind they're not thinking straight they're not reasoning properly they're making poor decisions they may come on somebody I, feel, I got a devil by the throat that's screaming for mercy and i'm not letting him go this morning oh you look at him and say what's going on they know better than that what do, what are they thinking they've been taught better than that what's going on in their mind they know the word of God what's going on I'll tell you what's going on the devil is after your mind when Jesus cast out those devils the Bible said That they went into a herd of about 2,000 swine. And the Bible declares that they ran violently. They didn't just run, but they ran violently. Toward the water, and it said that they were choked in the sea. Now, any animal in the wild has a survival instinct that would tell it to stay out of the water, that would tell it to swim. But these animals, when possessed by the same spirit that had a hold of the man, they ran down a hill and committed suicide. This man was living uh, with demonic influence uh, that if it had its way uh, would have killed him, uh, that if it had its way, uh, it would have destroyed him. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody uh, that the thoughts uh, that have you bound, uh, they have one intention. Uh, The end of their plan uh, is to destroy you. Uh, The end of their plan uh, is to render you uh, man was living with thoughts that would have killed anybody else the bible said that day and night he cried in the tomb in the mountains this morning before i came to this pulpit I could see in my mind's eye people that would be sitting in this house today and I saw you with your head resting on your pillow with tears flowing down your face, wondering what's going on. I saw people driving in your car, going down the road on your way to work on your way home with tears rolling down your face saying I can't take this anymore I don't know what to do with this anymore I can't handle I saw people in, in, in the bathroom at your job You you went into the restroom at your job, uh, and you closed the door. uh, But you weren't there for the restroom. Uh, Your face became buried in your hands uh, as you wept under the pressure uh, of demonic influence uh, that is trying uh, to destroy uh, your mind, uh, that is trying uh, to take advantage uh, of your thoughts. And the Bible said that people had tried to help him. When they saw him, they knew that he was destroying himself. And they were trying to bind him with chains and with fetters. But the Bible said that he broke the chains And he broke the fetters into pieces and it said that no man could tame him. Oh, I'm preaching to some people right now. Uh, everybody has tried to help you, uh, but you won't listen. Uh, you keep breaking the chains uh, of godly counsel. Uh, you keep breaking, people are trying uh, to say, hey, uh, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, hey, you're headed uh, the wrong direction. Uh, and you break uh, the fetters uh, and you break the chains. Uh, no man. Uh, Could tame him. I'm preaching to some people in this building that no man has been able to tame you. Nobody has been to talk sense into you. Nobody has been able to get you to repent. Nobody has been able, despite their best attempts. His mind had taken control of him. His mind. Those spirits, those suicidal spirits that manifested themselves in those swine. How do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible says that he would cut himself with stones. As he wrestled against those demons that wanted to destroy him, he would mutilate himself. And psychology tells us that anytime you find somebody who is involved in self mutilation, that it is a signal of a sign of self. Worthlessness. You're not worth anything. You're not worth saving. Look at you all by yourself. And the same demons that caused him to separate himself from everybody else would tell him that everybody left him there alone. Self-mutilation. And you mark it down. When people begin to listen to voices of worthlessness, they will begin to demonstrate behavior of self-destruction. It may not be cutting their physical bodies, but they will allow thoughts of self-worthlessness to lead them down a path of destruction. You see, when you don't have a proper understanding of who you are and what your worth is and who your God is, you'll begin to lower the bar in your life. You begin to lower the standard in your life and you're so desperate uh, for human approval uh, that you ignore uh, God's approval. Uh, You become so desperate. It's a form of self-mutilation. I open myself up uh, to any. You don't believe me? Uh, You just find women uh, that are beat by their spouse, uh, and yet they cannot leave uh, the relationship. Uh, Why? Because, oh, uh, they're afraid. Uh, I got to have him. Uh, I need him in my life, uh, and they're willing to take a beating. They're willing to deal with the beatings rather than to be left all by themselves. You'll find people in harmful situations and they know their life is spinning out of control. But that demon that tells them if you don't fit in here, you won't fit in anywhere. Spiraling out of control. Self destructive behavior. And I know we live in a society that would look at these behaviors and they would not tell you that there is demonic activity, but instead they would begin to use euphemisms. And before I say this, let me qualify my statement. Uh, I believe uh, that there are times uh, and moments uh, when people have genuine uh, biological dysfunctions uh, in their body uh, that affect the synapses of the mind uh, and the hormonal hormonal chemical uh, imbalance. I get all of that. uh, And I understand that there is a place uh, for medical assistance uh, or those sorts of things. uh, But can I tell you uh, that by and large, uh, these kind of behaviors uh, with people uh, are not related uh, to euphemisms uh, like bipolarism uh, and ADHD uh, and all of these. Uh, they don't need another pill. Uh, they don't need uh, to lay on a psychiatrist uh, couch. Uh, they don't need uh, another counseling session. What they need uh, is to touch uh, Of Jesus in their life. If the devil can get you on pills, you'll never cry out for his help. If Satan can get you in that bondage, you'll never fall on your face in desperation before God. You don't need a counselor, you need the counselor. You don't need better friends. You need a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You don't need a new job. You need a new mind. You need the Holy Ghost to touch your thinking. You need the Holy Ghost. And there is this unique duality. Duality that we find in the story. This man who is desperate and yet he is under the influence of the demonic that is pulling at him, that is working against him. Yet when Jesus shows up on the shores of Gadara, This man still possesses the ability to exercise his own free will. That tells me that I don't care what you're in bondage to. I don't care what you've been involved with. I don't care how bad it's gotten. You still possess inside of you the ability to stand on your feet and come to God. When Jesus showed up, he ran to where Jesus was. He ran to where Jesus was. And I'm preaching to some people this morning. What you need is to run to Jesus today. What you need is to run to the foot of the Savior. You come. You see... I can help people that have been hurt by other people but when you find people that are self-mutilating I can't help them there's only one thing that can help them you've got to get them into the presence of Jesus I said you've got to get them into the presence no man could tame him. No man could put him in chains. No man could put the fetters on him. You've got to get them into the presence of the almighty God. And when he came to the foot of Jesus, You know, every devil, every influence in his life was trying to keep him from that moment of deliverance. Every demonic influence in his life was trying to resist this very moment. Oh, I'm preaching to some people that sometimes when you come to church and you don't feel like praying and you don't feel like going to the altar, you think it's just you and you don't even understand the demonic influence that does not want you to get to an altar. That Why? Because an altar is a place of death. It doesn't want you to get to an altar and pray. It doesn't want you to get to an altar and surrender. Everything in this man's life was trying to keep him from coming to where Jesus was. Don't you go over there. Don't you do it. Don't you pray. Don't you. But that man pressed his way, and he ran to where Jesus was, and he fell down, and he began to worship. Listen, I'm preaching to some people right now that God will do everything in His power. Last week I preached when God ran. God will do everything in His power to reach you, but there comes a point where God says, I've come as far as I'm going to come, and now you've got to make a move. He interrupted his ministry schedule and said we got to take a break There's an urgent situation on the other side of the sea. There's a man that if I don't get to him, he's going to die. There's a woman that if I don't reach her, she's about to destroy her life. And he stops everything. And he jumps in a ship. And he goes over the sea. But when he gets there, it's the man that has to come the rest of the way. And I'm preaching to Some people in this place uh, that this morning uh, God has crossed the ocean, Uh, God has traversed uh, the heavenlies uh, to meet you uh, at this altar today. Uh, But somewhere uh, you're gonna have to make the journey uh, from your pew uh, and say, All right, God, uh, I'm willing, Uh, all right, God, uh, here I am, Uh, I need you. Come on, those demons that are trying to influence your life, they want you to sit there through another altar call. They want you to sit there through another service. Don't you dare get delivered. Don't you dare pray through this morning. Don't you dare make a move. Don't you dare intercede over your children. Don't you dare. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. Don't you dare move. But the Bible says faith uh, without works uh, is dead. Uh, Somebody, if you believe God this morning uh, for deliverance, uh, you need to jump out of your seat uh, and make your way to this altar. Uh, Somebody in this house, uh, if you're believing God to do something, uh, you need to get out of your seat of complacency uh, and move this morning uh, to an altar, uh, to a place uh, where God said, I'll meet you there. I want you to hear me. When that man got to the feet of Jesus, those demons begin to cry out and say, Jesus, why have you come to torment us before time? We still have time left to keep on working against this man. We still have time left to try and destroy him. But God showed up, and he interrupted and said, It's over. Your time with this man. The man didn't even know what to pray. Are you hearing me? The man didn't even know what to pray. But he had enough faith to fall at the feet of Jesus and worship him. And when God saw that, God said, I'll take it from here. It's over with your time uh, is through uh, and God spoke uh, to those demonic forces uh, I came to preach to somebody right now uh, that God brought you here today uh, and it's over uh, God said uh, it's over uh, if you'll call on my name uh, if you'll lift up your voice uh, if you'll just lift your hands uh, and surrender uh, it's over uh, come on right now uh, somebody lift your hands uh, Right now somebody uh, just begin to talk to him. Uh, it's Only over. Uh, God said it's over. Uh, today I'm going to deliver you. Uh, today I'm going to break the chains. Uh, today uh, I'm going to set your mind free. Uh, today uh, I'm going to bring peace. Uh, today uh, I'm going to bring deliverance. Uh, bring deliverance. Uh, come on. Uh, come on. You can your soul, Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The devil's Jesus. been after your mind, Jesus. but God said Maybe it's over. The devil's been after your future, but God heart. said it's only over. You can Come on. Your voice. Come on, lift your voice right now, right now, right now, right now. Right now.